0: A start on demand. on demand.
1: With the entire country in shock over what happened in Nova Scotia with 16 people killed by a gunman, the gunman is also dead. We'll take a look at crime in Winnipeg, as it may have seemed like it was on the way down over the last few weeks during the pandemic, but the Bear Clan, whom we spoke to this morning say, no, that's not the case. We'll also get the Winnipeg Police Association to weigh in on what they are seeing. Doctors in Manitoba are urging us to continue to seek medical advice during the pandemic. They say that there is a sharp drop in the number of patients seeking care and we'll get some tips on how to stay motivated to keep fit while working out at home and we'll find out how some winnipeg boutique gyms are diversifying to stay afloat during COVID 19 i'm brett mcgarry alongside greg mackling and loren mcnab we are mackling mcgarry and mcnab and this is the monday april 20th podcast for the start The RCMP say the death toll following a shooting rampage in rural Nova Scotia has risen to 17, including the suspected gunman.
2: Yeah, among those killed, RCMP Constable Heidi Stevenson. She's a, she was a 23 member of the force, a mother of two, and many people would have recognized her. She was a spokesperson for Nova Scotia RCMP for years. Global's Morgan Campbell has more.
3: This small community in rural Nova Scotia has been shaken to its core. Residents terrified as they were told to take cover in their basements as a gunman wreaked havoc on the coastal town.
1: We worried all night, not knowing what was going on uh, with the police presence and the fires with no fire trucks. You know, it was really a concern.
3: The warnings of an active shooter began late Saturday night. The RCMP tweeting about 51-year-old Gabriel Wartman. He was armed and dangerous, disguised as a Mountie and driving what police believed was a car repainted to look like an RCMP cruiser.
4: Members responded to a firearms call to a Portapique residence in Colchester County. When police arrived at the scene, members located several casualties inside and outside of the home.
3: The RCMP says the incident ended with Wortman's death at a gas station in Enfield, and the serious incident response team is now investigating. An in excess
2: of 10 people have been
5: killed
3: Wortman is listed as a denturist in the Halifax area about 35 kilometers away. A clinic believed to be owned by the 51-year-old was surrounded Sunday in yellow crime scene tape as was the entrance to Portapique Beach Road. It's believed the suspect owns a home there.
2: My sister knew him because he's a denturist and she just had new teeth made by him and she thought he was solid of the earth.
3: A memorial has been erected near the village where this investigation is unfolding. These hearts, a true depiction of how those who live here are feeling.
1: This has been a
6: devastating day and it's okay to be sad. It's okay to be angry and it's also okay to feel helpless. But what's not okay is to bear all of those feelings alone.
3: Countless families are in mourning today. Each person who lost their family and friend and they too will need their support. The impact of this incident will extend from one end of the province to the other. Many community members have been left with more questions than answers. The Mounties are trying to nail down a potential motive that will be a large part of their ongoing investigation.
7: Morgan Campbell, Global News motive big part of the question here with so many people asking why and what the what happened here and what led up to this and so we're going to be joined by a global news reporter after 7 30 to try to get some more answers to people but I think at the end of the day she mentioned in that story there just that feeling that how it'll reverberate across Nova Scotia well I'd argue right across this country people are reeling it was all the that we could talk about yesterday text messages going back and forth I know with my family and friends because it started off with oh a couple people had died, and then four, and then six, and then eight. By the time I went to bed last night, guys, reading that 16 people plus the alleged gunmen were dead, it was just mine. I couldn't get over it. And when you talk about that, how it compares, you have to go back to 1989, the Ecole Polytechnique shooting in Montreal where a man with a semiotic rifle stormed in and killed 14 women. You have to go back to 1989 for something this catastrophic as far as a mass shooting is concerned in Canada, Greg.
2: Yeah, and you know, um, just the, the diabol- diabolical nature of this uh, individual to do what he did in terms of allegedly, I, I suppose we have to say in terms of transforming his vehicle into an RCMP lookalike, uh, essentially a copy of a police car and reports that he was also at least partially if not completely dressed like a police officer uh, just adds to the whole so many questions about uh, what the motive was, what his original intent was, how far did this end up going based on how things played out. It's just a uh, it, it sickening uh, state of affairs and, and events and, and uh, our hearts go out to those in Nova Scotia and like you say, Loren, across the country dealing with this today.
1: Right now we want to shift our attention to Calgary where this happened. Two three.
8: Who's cheering?
1: What's
8: your name? Five. Why not? An impromptu workout in a Costco lineup. That's Dr. David Keegan who says he was getting a bit cold waiting at line at Costco on Friday, so he started doing some lunges Ten. and squats, Whoa. and that's the person behind him in line if they'd like to join. And then what happened next? He ended up leading a lineup. Workout.
1: If you want to see the full video, you can go to 680CJOB's Instagram. But yeah, this Calgary doctor starts doing squats and lunges to stay warm and ends up leading dozens of people in a group workout while they're waiting in line to get into Costco so they can buy their toilet paper, their paper towels, whatever, their their pallet of uh, chicken wings. So we (laughs) wanted to have a chat about the... Weird stuff we have maybe have seen during the pandemic. The fun stuff, the inspiring stuff, uh, because this is pretty cool. And it's a, it, a hey, why not pass the time getting healthy while you're stuck in line at a Costco? So Jeff Forte is here, Kelly Moore is here, Jeff Braun is here. Forte, why don't we start with you? Because somebody did something nice for you. What is sitting beside you in the control room?
2: A thing of paper towel. I'm just I'm so
7: surprised and like I said to you this morning I don't feel like I should keep it that I should do something good with it you know maybe find a family who maybe lost their jobs and can't you know having trouble uh yeah, I just, I can't believe that happened.
1: Yeah, one of our listeners who heard Forte the other day say that he was running low on toilet, or on a paper towel dropped, dropped off a big six-pack over the weekend for Jeff. So to whomever dropped that off, thank you very much. That's so kind. Just a wonderful random act of kindness. What about you, Kelly Moore?
6: Yeah, you know, mine uh, is going to be on the similar line of uh, what you just described for Jeff Forche there. I was, uh, like you, Brett, I was uh, paying a visit to the liquor store over the weekend, and uh, as I was waiting in the lineup, and of course, you know, they have the areas marked for the distance that you're supposed to maintain, so there was a a lady in front of me, and and she had a few items that she was trying to put in a brown bag, and I wasn't going to walk by her and, and invade her space, so I waited very patiently and made sure i had a great big smile on my face she looked back and she said oh she said everybody is being so lovely and patient right now and we both said at the same time do you think we can maybe maintain that kind
1: of mindset after this is all over yeah that would be nice if we can continue to be nice to each other wouldn't it god i hope that's how how it unfolds jeff braun have you noticed anything uh, just the little things, when I go for a walk or whatever, and just uh, a lot of kids have drawn pictures and, or messages and
6: posted them up in the front windows of their house for people walking by to look at and, I guess, to keep them from getting too bored, too. So that always puts a smile on my face every time I go for a walk and notice a few of those.
2: Greg? Well, I had a couple that I sent to you guys earlier this morning, and the story that jumped out at me has to do with... Uh, i never heard of this uh, young woman before, Princess Sophia of Sweden here's the headline from Vogue, just became a medical assistant to help fight COVID-19. And uh, she has gone through some extensive training and she is now a medical assistant at a hospital in Stockholm. Uh, She posted a picture on social media of herself in navy blue scrubs and uh, just a name tag with Sophia printed on it. So just, uh, I think the humility And the humanism that some of us are showing right now and maybe getting back to basics, Kelly and Jeff are pointing it out, uh, both Jeff's pointing it out, that uh, when it's easy right now to be thinking of ourselves, it's so wonderful when we can just do a tiny little thing to maybe help other people to brighten their spirits or help them just a tiny bit. Those are the types of stories that really get me going these days, Loren.
7: Yeah, and this is where I will say, you know, a few months ago I had I was taking a break from social media. I was trying not to log on to my Instagram and Facebook accounts as much. And in one case, I actually removed a couple of the apps from the phone just to not go on them for December and January, just because I the negativity was making me crazy. And now, you know, it's part of the job. You have to stay on it so you're in touch that way. And I'm loving some of the things I'm seeing being shared on social media. Whether it's you know the 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 quiet time families are finding with their kids and all this quiet Quality time that we're really all getting together or the hilarious things hmm. like last night somebody shared it was a bunch of TikTok videos brett and i don't have a hot clue how to do anything on that but i but i'm gonna pretend and it was all you know how it's been going around for years people will recreate old childhood photos with their parents yep but they've been doing them in videos and so it's like dads trying to pick up their 30 year old daughters and carry them on their shoulders (laughs) or like climb a tree with them like they might have when they're young or climb into a box and pretend it's a car like they would have when the kids are babies and so it's all these really funny recreations and I'm finding it actually like a really nice space right now where people either they're happier or they're trying to share positivity but it's not as negative not as usually as like in it rage inducing as it normally is Brett
1: yeah and i uh, For me, it was just a simple thing. Kelly mentioned the Liquor Mart because I tweeted about this over the weekend. I walked into the Osborne Village LC and one of the clerks, with whom I've actually exchanged negative words with in the past uh, because he was being grumpy with me and I was grumpy with him. Uh, So it was nice to see him as I walked in. He said, hey... How are you coping through all this? But uh, as, at the moment, I thought, well, I'm in a liquor store, so uh, I don't really, I didn't really know what to say. Two <laughs> guesses.
4: The first one doesn't count.
1: <laughs> but it was nice, and we we had a chat for about five minutes. Uh, we kept our distance and had a had a chat. So uh, he put a smile on my face. Hopefully, I put a smile in his. And uh, it's that kind of kindness that I'm hoping will continue once we are done with this. So, if you've seen anything fun, inspiring. Unique, let us know. 204-780-6868. Where to live, what to buy, and who will lead Canada's future? Those were key questions before COVID-19, but they're even more challenging to contemplate now, Greg.
2: Yeah, as head of Ipsos, Daryl Bricker has kept his finger on the pulse of just what Canadians are thinking and feeling for decades. Now, he's putting it all together in a new book. It's called Next, and from questions like where should companies plan on setting up shop to which provinces will become the haves and which will become the have-nots, it's looking at what's next for
7: our nation, Lorraine. Daryl Bricker joins us this morning. Good morning, Daryl. Good morning. What sort of changes have you been watching and monitoring over the past few months that prompted you to want to write this book? Was there one key shift that you were seeing that said, i got to take a look at where we're going as a nation?
6: Well, actually, what it was more was uh, an attitude that I was seeing in the country, particularly among people who I thought should have known better, about what Canadians are, uh, you know, the, particularly the demographic composition of the country, and what we actually are. <laughs> There was a real wide gap between what people were talking about, what they thought was important for their business, what they thought, what, you know, even how people won elections in this country. That was just so much in the past. And the country has changed so dramatically that it was time to, uh, I think, put something together where people could look at it and say, okay, well, this is what the new
1: country is going to be. So can you tell us about some of the Canadians you're writing about who are making key decisions for their businesses that could maybe impact the way we do business down the road?
6: Well, I'll give you a great one, and and it's um, what segment of the population is really driving the market is going to drive the market. We have an obsession with youth in this country. Uh, you know, all we ever hear about is millennials or Gen Z or whatever. They're actually not that rapidly growing a part of the um, uh, of of the population. It's actually the older part of the population that's the fastest growing. In fact, people above the age of eighty. When you take a look at the median age of Canadians today, that's half the population's older than this and half the population's younger, it's forty one. We're not a young country. And we've stopped having kids for the mo- for the most part. Our birth rate's only about one point five. Uh, So when you really take a look at what the country is becoming, it's becoming a much older country. So when you see things like, for example, what's happening on COVID and the people who are being most exposed to to the disease uh, from the perspective of potential for death, it tends to be older people. Well, that's the fastest growing part of our population. So it's no wonder that we have problems at our seniors' homes. There's a bigger population there than we understand.
2: Daryl, fascinating book, all sorts of great points with regards to urbanism and and how where we live is changing and where uh, people, you mentioned the idea of what people vision and perceive as the real Canada versus the actual Canada. And the. The CPC, the Canadian, uh, uh, the the Conservative Party of Canada, learned that lesson. Many of us think in the last election, and this idea that uh, rural Canadian or rural Canada drives the agenda uh, couldn't be further from the truth.
6: Right. If you take a look at rural Canada, it's shrinking all over the country. The part of Canada that's really expanding is the suburbs, even in Winnipeg, for example. Winnipeg's an interesting success story in Canada in that it's turned around its population decline. So Atlantic Canada hasn't turned around its population decline, but um, Winnipeg has. And how has it done that? Well, it's done that primarily as a result of embracing immigration. So there's been a fairly strong uh, appeal in Winnipeg, to, particularly to the Filipino population, to move to that city and to move to the suburbs of that city. And as a result, a, um, a couple of decades-long population decline has actually reversed, and Winnipeg is one of the faster-growing cities in Canada
7: now. We've got to, a lot to learn from each other, Daryl, in terms of looking to what cities have done right or done wrong and how we move forward. But with so many changes over the past few months, particularly with COVID-19, how could this change the way what we see in your book, read in your book, and, and interpret our future going forward, given the massive amount of changes just in the last, say, five weeks alone?
6: Well, I think what COVID has done has really highlighted how, the difference between what the country is and what it is that we thought that it was. So, for example, the fact that uh, if you take a look at where the population has grown the most, it's in place, it's in the suburbs. Of the country, over 90% of our population growth over the space of the last 10 years, for example, has been in car commuting suburbs. So you want to know why there's so few people driving right now? Not, it's not that just we're asking people to stay home. It's the people who are usually doing all the driving, people living in the suburbs, are not. Uh, they're, they're, they're working at home or they're not able to work. So it's led to, you know, massive... Uh, uh, um, the, the big traffic jams that we're used to, the rush hours that we're used to are not happening right now because people in the suburbs aren't driving. So it's, it's, it's things like that when you, when you see uh, patterns that are unexpected uh, and you think that the country was what it was and you actually take a look at what we have now, you see very different things happening. And as a result of that, uh, what COVID has done is really highlighted some of those changes.
1: Daryl Bricker is our guest. The book is called Next. You can get more information on it at harpercollins.ca. Daryl, congratulations on the new book. Thank you so much for joining us, sir. Thanks for having me on. Mackling, McGarry, and McNabb, with so many people worried about COVID-19, Greg, doctors fear Manitobans have been pushing other health care concerns aside.
2: Yeah, we absolutely know that visits to the ER are down, and now physicians are reporting a concerning drop in patients seeking care for their medical needs. With some choosing to stay at home rather than seek helping, or pardon me, seek help with their family uh, doctor, Lorette.
7: So this morning, Doctors Manitoba they're urging Manitobans to stop putting their health on hold and call. Dr. Furry Smith is a Winnipeg-based family doctor and president of Doctors Manitoba. He joins us now. Good morning.
5: Uh, Good morning, Lorraine. Good morning, guys. Uh, How are you all holding up on this Monday morning?
7: Yeah, not the greatest Monday. There's been so many different uh, news uh, out there that it's kind of got us concerned, and this is one of them, uh, Dr. Smith. I'm curious what you're hearing from patients and what other doctors are telling you in terms of what's holding people back from making that typical call or visit.
5: Well, thanks. uh, Thanks, guys, for giving us the opportunity to be on your show this morning. Uh, So what we are seeing as uh, physicians in in Manitoba and basically physicians across Canada is a very concerning trend that has been noticed worldwide. And that is that as we are battling the COVID-19 pandemic, uh, patients are putting their health on hold. And this is patients with chronic medical conditions uh, who need to be followed up by their family physicians or by the specialists, and and even patients with newly developing medical conditions is just not seeking medical help. And, of course, what that is causing, it's going to cause this bottleneck effect, this so-called second surge that is uh, uh, probably going to tie up some resources uh, down the line. And that is something we want to avoid at all costs.
1: So I know family doctors are still seeing patients and talking to them. My dad uh, recently had his latest uh, appointment over the phone. So is a lot of this being done more over the phone or perhaps uh, virtually, like uh, it was through a video chat of some sort?
5: Yeah, great question. I think what we're seeing uh, uh, at grassroots level is probably a 50-50 spread. Uh, I would say in, in my practice, about half my patients I still see face-to-face because that's just the type of... Uh, a medical condition that they have, and and I, and I need to provide care in that manner. And about 50%, I'm able to do uh, uh, through a through a virtual consult. And we are really working with the government very closely in hopes that we can expand the virtual the virtual care that we are able that we are able to provide. So, the information campaign, which is a Doctors Manitoba initiative, is really one of please don't put your health on hold. If you have any questions, if you're unsure, please phone your physician's office and ask the question, say, listen, do I need to be evaluated? And if so, can it be in person or or was it possible to do it through a virtual consult?
2: So is the origin and the root of this people just being concerned either to go out in public altogether, Dr. Smith, or are they, uh, you know, expressing concern about going to a doctor's office at all? And you mentioned this idea of face-to-face and meeting with uh, patients face-to-face. That's obviously changed with regards to the personal protective equipment you need. Uh, you were on CGOB last week, concerns about potential shortages there. Can you allay our fears there and, and have you managed to, uh, to shrink that shortage at all?
5: Yeah, I mean it's a great question. I think uh, you know your 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 first point, you know, why are Manitobans not seeking the the care they should? It's probably several things. First of all, we're just all working together to stop the spread of COVID, right? As we have been requested to to stay at home and social distance, and that's a good thing. Uh, and second of all, as human beings, I think there's a concern if I go to the doctor's office, you know, that's where sick people is, isn't it? And I, you know, Am I not going to be at an increased risk there? And the fact of the matter is definitely not if you consider how well that the offices are cleaned at the end of the day and surfaces are wiped down every hour on the hour. So that is really a, should not be a concern and, and, and should not keep you out of the doctor's office or at least phoning and inquiring whether you need to come in in person or whether you can be helped virtually. In terms of the PPEs, uh, um, as we all know, the situation is not ideal and has not been ideal for several weeks. Um, I would say the majority of community-based physicians still does not have adequate access to PPEs, uh, but it is something that uh, we are working with government and, and, and doctors Manitoba has just decided to step up and start addressing the problem best we can. So uh, we certainly hope to, to be able to improve that down the road.
7: How would you be able to improve it, given the shortages we're seeing everywhere? Is it just a call for uh, more masks? What do you need, Dr. Smith?
5: Yeah. No, so what we're actually doing, I'll I'll make it practical for you. So really, there's these four items in play when you talk about universal PPEs. One is uh, masks, and and, and the second one is gloves. And of that, we seem to have enough. Uh, The third one would be eye protection. And as a clinic, we managed to get our hands on some eye protection about uh, Tuesday last week. So that's three of the four that has been addressed although uh, many community physicians only have two of the four. Uh, The biggest thing is really uh, gowns, and uh, we have been informed we won't have any access to that. So Dr. Manitoba is is in the process of teaming up with uh, uh, communities, and we are actually making gowns for our members, believe it or not. Uh, And these are gowns that we put on in the morning, we wear them the whole day, and then uh, uh, we, we wash them at the end of the day. So that is the best we can do at this point in time. Uh, but uh, uh, we're more than happy to do that for our members and enable them to continue to provide care.
1: Dr. Furry Smith is a Winnipeg-based family doctor and president of Doctors Manitoba, joining us live on 680 CJOB. Dr. Smith, thank you for the time, sir.
5: Thank you, guys, and once again, thank you for what you are doing and uh, keeping our spirits up. Much appreciated.
7: For COVID-19... A huge concern for Manitobans was crime. Twenty nineteen numbers. They showed a steep rise in everything from retail theft to violent crimes, Greg. And of course, that was a record year for homicides in twenty nineteen.
2: Well, COVID nineteen has dominated many of the headlines in twenty twenty thus far. We know there are still major concerns out there when it comes to crime. The Bear clan has been on the front lines for all of it. James Favel is its executive director and he joins us now. Good morning, James. Good morning. We uh, appreciate uh, everything you do, and we always appreciate when you take a little bit of time for us, so thank you for that this morning. We know My you're pleasure. not able to, yeah, hey, yeah, you're, you're uh, just uh, one of the special people in our community. We know you're not able to patrol as usual because of social distancing restrictions, but you're still out there working to feed people, imagine that, and to help keep people safe. What, what are you seeing, and, and what are you up to?
0: Well, yeah, again, so we're six days a week now we're still feeding people about 350 people on average daily, and then on Wednesdays uh, for the last two weeks we've been doing a food hamper program that's keeping us very busy. Um, uh, the volunteers that are working are, are working double duty and 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 it's very taxing, but you know we it's it's good work and it's worth doing, so we're going to just keep on doing it.
1: And we know in months past you were regularly finding weapons, improvised weapons, and used mm. needles on the street. Are you still seeing that or
0: hearing of that? Yeah, we're like, this so far the first quarter. We we picked up over eighty thousand needles this year. Uh, last year we picked up one hundred forty-five thousand used syringes all year long. This year in the first quarter, eighty thousand. So we're projecting three hundred twenty thousand if things you know stay same.
7: So James, we had asked the Winnipeg Police, and I know other media had as well, just for statistics on crime, because because of COVID-19, we're just not hearing about it as much, or maybe it's not in the forefront of all of our conversations, and the police said that they didn't want to comment on short-term changes to statistics, because that might not be significant, and they didn't want people to be reading into whether it was up or down, and to look to the pandemic as to whether or not it was impacting anything. But from what mm-hmm. I'm hearing, if, if you're seeing that many needles on the street, then is meth use still a huge problem, and, and is crime still... It, has it yes. Changed at all in the last few months?
0: Um, I haven't seen any appreciable changes for the better. Anyway, um, you know, um, actually, what we're seeing is is the worsening of, of circumstances for our community members. I mean, we we have so many people that are already living in crisis mode, and then having this pandemic, so shortages, shortage of uh, resources, shortages of uh, food, and accessibility to you know the the essentials of life. It's it's really uh, had a had a really like a double and triple impact in our community and you know sadly it, it's not for the for the for any better yet
2: uh, James I find that some people uh, worry about crime based on geography they also worry about crime uh, based on the fact that it seems to be for a lot of folks criminals uh, interacting with one another but uh, in your community I know you could tell us that's not the case
0: that, that is not the case. In fact, a friend of mine, a very close friend of mine, just got out of a car on Selkirk and McGregor last week and was attacked by a random stranger for absolutely no reason.
1: Are you encouraged by anything that you're seeing out there?
0: Um, again, the resilience of my fellow community members to keep, you know, keep getting up and keep heading out and trying you know to survive, to eke out a living. Um, it, it, it's amazing to watch, you know, and I'm, I'm proud to be part of that community. You know, I live on Stella, um, one block over from Flora, uh, between Mackenzie and McGregor, and it's and it's 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 really it's hard living.
7: Well, Flora is where that scene where police are on scene right now on I believe it's the 400 block of Flora James. And so some sort of incident took place overnight. And so, you know, the crime is still happening, even if perhaps we're not thinking about it as much in some uh, circles or in some communities. Uh, Before we let you go, I just I want to know in your mind if if you if you're worried that things will get worse then because of the economic downturn that so many families and people might be under that might lead more people to down the path that they might have been trying to stay away from.
0: Well, absolutely. That's one of my primary concerns right now is the desperation that that, that exists in the community is is really uh, really scary. You know, again, we've had lots. of are like, so many people in our community are living in crisis mode already, and then you know have this pandemic happen uh shortages uh, shortfalls lack of resources i mean we've got homeless people in our community that that don't have a place to be right now all of the usual places for them to hang out are closed and so you they you i'm I'm driving down the street and i'm seeing them gathered in bus shacks all over the place and it's it's sad and it's scary and i'll tell you what i can't wait They, they keep talking about universal basic income um it can't happen soon enough
1: All right, James Fable, Executive Director of the Bear Clan, joining us live on 680 CJOB. James, thanks again for everything you do and for joining us this morning.
0: My pleasure. Thanks for having me.
1: Mackling, McGarry and McNabb on this Monday, April 20th, a.k.a. 420. Happy 420 to those who might celebrate today with adding a little extra spark to their lives. Question of the day at CJOB.com. Does it feel like the amount of crime in Winnipeg has changed over the past several weeks? And your options are yes, seems like more, yes, seems like less, or no, about the same. You can cast your vote on this, Loren, at CJOB.com and on Twitter at 680CJOB.
7: And we're asking that question this morning of our listeners because we want to talk about what we see or aren't seeing when it comes to crime. I think a couple weeks ago there might have been a sense that crime in Winnipeg was taking perhaps a measure of pause in the midst of COVID-19. But if you were listening just after 8, we spoke With the head of the Bear Clan, James Fable, and and he basically gave us the perception that that's not the sense. He says they're seeing as many needles as before, just as much meth, and he's worried that crime could potentially spike in certain parts of the city based on just the economic uncertainties at this time. And so there's been no pause as far as he's concerned, Greg, when it comes to this big issue for Winnipeggers.
2: Yeah, and I would say if we were sensing it in the late afternoon of April 8th and sensing a downward turn in crime, that is, late afternoon of April 8th, the first of two deadly officer-involved shootings in less than 12 hours took place and shattered that perceived slowing of crime in our city. Over the weekend, a third such event has us asking more questions. Mo Sabrin is the president of the Winnipeg Police Association, and he joins us now. Good morning, Mo.
4: Good morning. Thank you for having me on.
2: Well, we always appreciate your time. Before we get to our conversation about crime in Winnipeg, please accept our deepest condolences for the loss of one of your own and Nova Scotia, Constable Heidi Stevenson of the RCMP. We know kinship among police officers worldwide is incredibly strong, and the news of the events in Nova Scotia are difficult for all of us.
4: Yes, absolutely. Thank you very much. It's a it's a very very sad weekend. Um, you know, the uh, constable Heidi um, uh, gave her life, uh, the ultimate uh, sacrifice that uh, every police officer at, at one point realizes that they they may lose their life. So we're very sad over uh, the loss and uh, the loss of all the people out in Nova Scotia. It's always a terrible thing.
7: We want to talk, Mo, about the kind of crime you might be seeing out there, your members might be seeing, and whether or not uh, it's on the rise as far as as you're concerned. But before we get there, we did mention uh, off the top about the three officer-involved shootings. Can you walk us through what happens, what's the situation an officer might be going through that they might not only just draw their weapon but fire it?
4: Well, I think the what you need to know is that uh, no police officer ever wants to have to draw their firearm or even use it and it's a it's a terrible thing um that uh they have to stop a threat that has either been a threat to grievous bodily harm of a person or the possibility of, of uh death uh and those are the parameters that the members have to make a a split second decision and unfortunately there are many organizations out there that will scrutinize the uh officer's decision and that could take up to eight years we've seen inquests that uh have taken that long and to have that hanging over uh their heads is a a very difficult thing and like i said nobody ever wants to uh put on the uniform and say "I'm, i'm gonna fire my weapon today it's it's uh it's a terrible thing that uh the the members have to go through.
1: No, Mo, last Friday we received this from the Winnipeg Police Service. The Winnipeg Police Service has been receiving daily requests for statistics on crime and various types of calls for service in hopes of drawing conclusions on the possible effects of the pandemic on these metrics. Short-term changes are not statistically significant. Further, any attempts to attribute these changes to the pandemic are not supported and could easily be used to draw erroneous conclusions. In order to maintain accurate and relevant reporting of Winnipeg Police Service metrics, the service is not in a position to respond to these requests so what is your reaction to this response
4: i wouldn't uh, i wouldn't disagree um but uh, as far as we have been seeing there there may seem to be a perception that there's Uh, Less crime out there, but I can tell you the violent crime and the um, property crime, it it does still continue. Uh, It may seem like there's less crime out there because uh, our officers are more available, but um, there's several reasons for that. Uh, One is that all of the leave, whether it be holiday or whether it be discretionary leave, where uh, members can take uh, days off here and there, that has been cancelled, and General Patrol has been bolstered um uh, hopefully to you know lessen the effects of, of covid or to to have um the workforce preserved so that if uh, if it were to run rampant through the ranks, that we have enough people to still respond and, and protect the, the citizens of Winnipeg. The other thing that um, our members have been or have been given the ability to exercise more discretion uh, for minor offenses, and that means whether they should arrest or, or shouldn't arrest. and they've been given, Uh, more powers to release from the scene so that we're preventing uh, contact with uh, as many people as possible. So all that uh, in combination with uh, the courts releasing people that Normally wouldn't be released um, is uh, is contributing to the perception that there's there's not as much crime out there. But uh, I can tell you that our officers are still seeing uh, a lot of violent crimes, uh, the homicides, the stabbings. So it's uh, it's unfortunate, but I I think um, with the effects. Once COVID starts to slow down and the pandemic starts to slow down, we're going to see a, a big spike because uh, I believe one of you mentioned it about the economic uh, downturn. There, There's going to be a lot of desperate people out there and desperate people do desperate things.
2: So should we draw any correlations, just like we, you know, if, uh, if the last few weeks is a small sample size to make any overall commentary about crime in the city, then certainly uh, I would be hesitant, but I'm going to ask you about it. The idea that with three officer-involved shootings in 10 days, should we draw any correlation to the type of crime that we're seeing and that your, that your members are attending to,
6: Mo?
4: Yeah, I don't think there is a correlation. Um, what we have seen over the years is that um, officer-involved shootings, for whatever reason, and we've never been able to break it down, but occur sometimes close together. Um, it's uh, it's very hard to put, uh, put your finger on the reason for it, but, um, and and each incident has to be judged uh, on its own merits, and uh, it's my understanding that a threat was presented, and the officers had to make a very difficult decision at that time.
7: Quickly, before we let you go, Mo, we just have about a minute here. We, we obviously talk about crime a lot in the last year and a half, and with that meth, and one of the parts of the conversations we had with the bear clan after eight was just what he commented was another sharp rise in needles that they're picking up off the street what are you hearing from your members when it comes to math and the use in our city has there been any slowdown there at all
4: no, there, there's no slowdown. There, there's uh, the there's addicts are are not going to slow down as a result of a, a pandemic. They're they're going to continue to uh, try and get their product. Uh, I think the the only um, negative effect or the positive effect is that there's not supposed to be any interprovincial uh, transportation. But because meth can be locally made, that you know there there um, there is a positive and there's a negative to
1: it. So. Mo Sabrin joining us live on 680 CJOB, president of the Winnipeg Police Association. Mo, thank you for the time as always, sir.
4: Well, thank you very much for having me on.
1: Mackling, McGarry and McNabb, we have a $50 gift card up for grabs for Netflix at 204-780-6868. You, McNabb, you've got Netflix, right?
7: Oh yeah, I feel like I've watched all the Netflix in the last month or so. I know that's not possible, but man, yes, I've got Netflix.
1: And Mackling, you've got it too. You
2: betcha! I started watching uh, Schitt's Creek right from the uh, very beginning this past weekend.
1: Oh, how is that?
2: Oh, it's so good. Yeah, been... it's not for everybody, but it's very good.
1: I've been meaning to get to that one, but uh, hey, the list, the list is ever growing. So here's the question at CJOB today. According to a recent survey of bosses, too many of these in your office can hurt your credibility. What are we talking about? Ron, good morning to you, sir. Okay, I guess Ron didn't know. That's okay. Glenn, do you know the answer? Too many friends. Too many friends? No, no, that's a great guess, though. Yeah, you know, if you've got a, a chatty chatty uh, coworker who's always going around talking to people, not actually doing any work, Gene, do you bosses? know what it is? What's that? Too many bosses. Too many bosses. <laughs> 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 ah, that's a great guess. Great answer. That's not it. Yeah, too many bosses. You don't want too many bosses. According to a recent survey of bosses, too many of these in your office can hurt your credibility. What is it? Keith, do you know what it is? Getting phone calls. Phone calls at work. That is not the answer, but that is a great guess. You, know, you don't want to be the person receiving those phone calls. When I was like 20 years old, I was dating a girl, and I would phone her at work all the time. I hurt her credibility. Sorry about that. <laughs> <laughs> Better late than never yeah. with the apology. Yeah. <laughs> Leora, do you know what the answer is?
8: Too many favors.
1: Too many favors. No, that's not it. And both Mackling and McNabb have sent me guesses, and they are incorrect. Yeah. Let's see if uh, let's see if Ron knows the answer. Hello there, Ron.
6: Hi there. Was it
4: too many empty coffee cups on the desk?
1: Empty coffee cups. No, that's not it. But you know who's guilty of that? Clay Young. (laughs) (laughs) Sorry, I had something in my throat. Yes, Clay Young. (coughs) Clay Young once upon a time in his desk drawer, I opened up his desk drawer and there were like 16 cups in there. Some of them still had coffee in them. Uh, But no, that's uh, that's not it. Les, do you know what it is? Uh, text messages. No, n- another great guess. And you're on the right track. It is something, It's an, It is something you know, personal. Brycon, am I saying that correctly? Bryson, pardon me, Bryson. I'm sorry. Bryson, pardon me. Too many phone calls. No, not too many phone calls, uh, but a good guess. Karen, do you know what it is?
5: Um, greeting cards?
1: Greeting cards, no. I would suggest uh, maybe we're heating up a little bit but it's not greeting cards. Linda, do you know what it is? Photos, like family photos. According to a recent survey of bosses, too many of these in your office can hurt your credibility. What is it, Linda? You are correct. Oh, wonderful. Personal pictures. Wow. Why didn't I, what led you to, to guess that, Linda?
8: Uh, I don't know. Just sometimes when I'm in
7: somebody's office, it looks like clutter.
1: Clutter. Yeah. Okay. Hey, fair enough, Linda. I'm going to put you on hold. Thank you. And uh, congratulations on winning the Netflix gift card. Jeff Forte is going to get your details off the air. And uh, speaking of Netflix, I watched, I started watching something over the weekend and I yeah. got the Loren involved. And I'm just going to see if I can pull up this clip here that oh. I tweeted. Uh, it's a show called Too Hot to Handle. Oh. Okay. Let's see if it's,
7: it's too awful to handle.
1: Yay. Okay. So this, uh, Might need to pump my audio up a little bit here, Forte. I love the
7: tattoos. Yeah, I. You have any? I have this one on my back. It's not the best.
0: Can y'all see it?
1: My
3: phone.
0: What language
1: is that? I don't know. <laughs> oh, God. She's showing them her tattoo, and she doesn't know what language it is. So, too hot to handle. It's that was enough for me. That's all you watched. <laughs> it's uh, it was number one in Canada over the weekend, by the way.
2: Come on. Yeah.
1: Well, it's hey, so bad. trashy reality TV is just the distraction people need right now, or many people need right now. It's ten super hot singles from all over the planet, including a Canadian. She's actually the the, the least nice person on the show, unfortunately, but uh, the the hook here is they're all horny singles who they're all commitment phobic, <laughs> and they they have to, in order to win a hundred thousand dollars, and they didn't know this when they got there until about twelve hours had passed. They have to resist the urge to um, can can adult. commit yes no no indulgent no indulging in adult activities.
7: Okay, but the real thing that was crazy. So Brett messaged us about this. Was that Saturday? Yep. And I was like, I got 20 minutes. Kids were uh, outside playing, I think, some soccer in the backyard with their dad. And I was like, I'm going to dabble in this. And I got to, I don't know, maybe it's 12 or 17 minutes in where the voice like, you know, all these reality shows have a host yep. that comes in and sets the rules. The host of the show, Greg, is like talking through like a speaker it's like a Cirrus or a Lana Alexa or Lana, whatever. You may not touch each other right now. Let me tell you about the <laughs> rules of this. G-. I was like, is it a speaker? is now talking to these people and that's when I was out. Yeah. I was—I—I I don't know why that was my line because it was so terrible right up to there. <laughs> it's so bad. It's so bad.
1: I've never seen such a collection of idiots in my life. Oh, these so young awful. vapid fools and yeah, I couldn't stop watching. There's eight episodes I think. I'm three in so I'm going to keep going because I'm curious to see how it all plays out. So that's one of the shows <laughs> you can watch if you win a $50 gift card for Netflix and we've got them to give away all week long right here on 680 CJOB. <laughs> (laughs) Mackling, McGarry, and McNabb, thank you so much for joining us this morning on 680 CJOB. Heads up that Nova Scotia RCMP will be providing an update at noon, and we will carry that at globalnews.ca. So again, if you want the uh, the latest from RCMP, we'll have that at globalnews.ca coming up at noon. As we were discussing just before sports at 925, it's been tough for many of us to stay fit during the pandemic since the gyms, Gregor, closed.
2: Yeah, that wouldn't make any difference to me. But uh, it's also tough for the gyms to stay afloat since they can't open their doors. But as we've seen with many industries, gyms are getting creative in finding ways to continue to reach their customers during isolation, McNabb.
7: To tell us more about how some of these boutique gyms are doing and the efforts they're making, we're joined by Andrea Cates from Fit Women and Girls. Good morning, Andrea. Hi, how are you guys? We're pretty good. I have to ask you first, uh, you know, if, if the rest of us might be struggling to stay motivated, how are you doing in your efforts to just keep keep fit and have fun, as Joanne and Hal would say? <laughs>
8: <laughs> um, I love the reference. You know what, I'm doing really well. Personally, I have a, a massive dog that loves to go for a walk or run every day, and I have found some really good online videos. Um, so I'm doing one of those every day. So personally, I'm good. I also don't have three kids running around. She's sort of you know, make sure that I'm homeschooling and babysitting and doing all of that. So that probably helps me a little bit. Um, but staying motivated is hard when it's, you know, it, it's sort of you feel like you're in Groundhog Day where every day you wake up and it's the same thing. And to, uh, to try and stay motivated to just do, you know, your regular activities, let alone additional workouts, it, it, it can be tough for some people.
2: You know, uh, uh, Andrea, you're always so good with uh, giving us suggestions on how how to get active, how to get our kids active is something that's super important to you. How about some suggestions on how to drag our butts off the couch if we're struggling? And you can talk to me directly right now. Okay.
8: Well, for you specifically, um, you know what? Honestly, I, for me, I find get it done first thing in the morning, right? Um, if you wait all day, you sort of give yourself all day to find excuses um, as to, you know, why you can't do it. You, you're going to run out of time. You have to cook a meal. You have to clean this. All sorts of different things can kind of come out throughout the day. But if you get up and you make it part of your schedule, like you would on a normal work day, you know I'm gonna I'm gonna get up and I'm gonna start my day with a workout. That's a really um, a really great opportunity for sure. Finding a, a, an accountability buddy, right? So maybe that's you know when you do do your workout, you text your buddy and you say, Hey, you know what? I just finished this. Or you guys do, um, you know, a Facetime workout together or something like that. So there's some accountability there with a person virtually, but still that that um, opportunity Um, or finding some options online. There's some really great uh, Winnipeg gyms that have um, been suffering through this, right? Like they, they don't necessarily um, receive the government funding that is out there and they still have to put food on their table and pay the rent to their gym and their mortgages of their homes and all that kind of stuff. So there's a lot of really um, uh, financially easy uh, ways to sort of support them um, and then get your workouts in. So they have um, some coaching online or workouts online that are, you know, you can do them either with them when they're when they're doing them, or you can get the recorded versions and do them later where it kind of suits your day a little bit better. So lots of different options, I think.
1: Well, can you give us some specific examples on uh, these local gyms and who they are and what they're doing?
8: Absolutely. So there's Infinity Health Coaching. So they, um, they have a few different options. They have both free and paid options for online strength training and HIT workouts for Winnipegers to use. Um, they also have a lot of accountability coaching um, that you can do one-on-one for nutrition, stress management, and that kind of thing. So that's another big piece. I think a lot of people are, are talking lately about overeating and, and being really stressed. So um, finding maybe a coach that can help you with that. Uh, Winnipeg Women's Kickboxing and Muay Thai is doing some really cool things too. They have um, a private group that you can join, and it's, I think it's like $10 a week, so super financially. Um, you know, easy for people to hopefully do right now. And you get a workout every second day, so they have options with kickboxing in them, but they also have things with weights or no weights, just some body exercises. So whether you have zero equipment at home or you have a lot, they they have a lot of options for you. Um, And then we've also seen... um, some, some of the sport organizations really sort of jump on board. So um, Cycling Manitoba and Manitoba Rowing Association are doing some Zoom things right now um, with their members. So rather than just, say, asking them to, you know, keep training on their own, they're, they're having a, a daily workout, whether it's uh, strengthening or core or, you know, cycling, obviously, you know, jumping on your bike and kind of going out onto the road and, and getting your workouts in.
7: It's a really great way to support local, Andrea, and also maybe stay connected. I was commenting before our commercial break around 9 20 that one of the things many people miss, like, you know, teachers are missing seeing their students faces, students are missing their teachers or their daycare workers, we're all missing friends and family that that personal connection. And that includes going to the gym, you know, everyone has a favorite class that they might go to or instructor or just employee staff member who works there who they find motivating. And so this is a way to see those friendly faces rather than, you know, some sterile video that I'll pop into the machine.
8: Exactly. It's so true. And I think a lot of times too with the parents that are, Um, staying home. Sometimes, you know, that gym was almost like a social thing for them, right? So they would Mm -hmm. have their gym people that they would see, whether it's the the people that work there or just, you know, the people that come at the same time or do a class with them. So we're really missing out on that social element too, by not going to the gym. And with smaller gyms or yoga studios and that kind of thing, it's almost like a little family that they've sort of put together in their facilities and that's gone right now. And so this sort of gives them a little bit more of that um, social element at the same time as being able to work out.
2: Andrew that's such a you mentioned account, accountability to to yourself sometimes it's difficult but if you have someone else to be accountable to i know that when i used to to work out uh, far more regularly to have somebody to go and meet at the gym took things to a whole other level for me because not only was I letting myself down if I didn't show up I was letting them down as well and my wife's been doing workouts over uh, zoom with with a friend of hers and she says you know if I didn't have uh, you to do this with I probably wouldn't do it at all that's that's such a big part uh, of staying active and achieving your health goals isn't it
8: Absolutely. I mean, I think that that's for both working out and nutrition, right? So, um, right. To- to do it on your own, it's difficult, right? Like, if, first of all, you might not necessarily have the knowledge, but also just that get up and go to, to do it, right? And so finding that accountability partner, whether it's through a gym or just, you know, one of your buddies to sort of check in with every second day or whenever you're doing it, I think it's really important. It just sort of holds you a little bit more accountable, gets you a little bit more motivated and hopefully uh, gets you kind of through this not feeling too inactive.
1: We all know that diet and exercise are important at at any time. I mean, I don't think anybody's going to be sitting on their couch eating a Costco-sized bag of Cheetos, suggesting that what they're doing is good for them in that moment. But that's what a lot of us are doing right now because we're stressed out, we're looking for that comfort. But Ken, how does exercise, or how can it benefit us right now in particular with all that extra stress we might be feeling from this pandemic?
8: Well, and that's such a big part of it, right? Exercise is definitely a stress reducer and a mood booster. So what happens is when we exercise, we produce um, that sort of that those feel good neurotransmitters into our blood, which are the endorphins. So it automatically makes you feel better and reduces your levels of stress. So right now, especially when everybody is so stressed out because we have you know a worldwide pandemic, we're worried about our health, we're worried about our kids, we're worried about our parents, you know, we're worried about money, all of those kinds of things. To take out the time for yourself, or even if it's 20 minutes to do a video or or or, that, or take a walk outside with your dog, um, it can really help lower your stress levels, and that's really imperative to uh, sort of getting you through in a healthy way. But it's also next to impossible to lose weight or keep weight off when you're really stressed out. The the stress kind of keeps that fat on. Your your body's sort of saying, okay, you know, I'm gonna I'm gonna keep this. Uh, this little extra chub on because it's, because you're, you're stressed out. So for us to lower our stress is such an important part, um, to, to weight loss or to just sort of staying healthy. Um, and so working out is a huge piece of that, of course.
7: And at the very least, you know what I always love about it, and I've been trying really hard to uh, do a video or, or go for a walk, every, like one thing per day, I get to tick the box. At the very least, you know, it's been really hard. Mm-hmm. You're looking for positives right now and ways that you're staying motivated and you're trying. And it's nice to say that I did that today. I may not have put appropriate pants on, but you know what? I got yeah. a workout in and I feel good <laughs> about that. Right, exactly. And that's the thing.
8: I think that we've, I mean, this has been, uh, what, six weeks now that we've all been sort of at home. And, you know, I see online a lot of people saying that they, you know, I don't know what day it is anymore. It's like, well, then you need to find a bit of a routine. You know, we're, as human beings, we're sort of, conditioned to have routine you know we're in school usually the kids are in school from eight thirty till three thirty, and we're at work from 9 to 5 and we eat lunch at a certain time routine is something that we sort of crave and when we completely lose that um we sort of we just sort of get a little bit confused and we get a little bit lost and it doesn't really help our stress levels to not have that so you know still trying to wake up and get dressed and and you know like you said even if it's a 20-minute workout or a 20-minute walk it doesn't have to be anything crazy um, but but doing something is really important to keep that stress levels down and your health up.
2: Andrea, put do it in your go put ahead. Put it Greg. in your calendar. That's Pardon something me? that we've ta- putting it in your calendar. That's something we've been talking about for years. That idea of making an appointment because we're typically pretty good at keeping appointments for for lunches and meetings and other things. Make it a priority in your calendar.
8: Absolutely, and I you know I've done that before um, when I was you know, not at home all the time working. So um, where I had it in my calendar, okay, at X time every day or not every day, but like I would, you know, make sure I'd go to the gym. And I'm still doing that now because it's that little reminder, oh, I got to work out. I have to go do something. And again, it's, and think about how easy it is right now when you're at home. You don't have to get ready, drive to the gym, work out for however long, get changed again, drive home or drive back to work or wherever you're going. Right now you literally have to like turn over and like go maybe to another room or throw a yoga mat out and to do a workout. So you actually really save yourself a lot of that time and a lot of that, um, sort of gusto that you need to sort of get to the gym. It's taking, I mean, instead of taking a two hour trip between the driving and the getting ready, you don't, you don't have to get ready. Nobody's looking at you. You know, you could, you could just roll out of bed and do a workout on the floor. So, um, there's, there is still a lot of opportunity to do it and I think in addition to wanting to do it for yourself and your own health, the idea of jumping on board and working with some of these gyms in Winnipeg, it's huge. They're, they're not getting a lot of government help here, um, if any, and, um, and we want to make sure that businesses in Winnipeg thrive continuously right and so we've seen a lot of restaurants are doing different things and we've seen a lot of clothing companies that are doing different things nobody's really thought about oh how is this affecting those smaller gyms and and if we can support them even if it's you know a, a ten dollar a week or thirty dollars a month or that kind of thing for some of these karma classes that they're doing it can really help them out
1: fit women and girls is who you're with and you're also providing online workouts where do we find those
8: so we're on Facebook. So if you just join us on Facebook, so we're Fit Women and Girls on there. Um, we have a link to a, um, a group page that we can add you to. And we're just trying to uh, put some different videos up that are um, something a little, you know, whether it's a core workout, a hit workout. I think we put up a dance video the other day. Um, and we're also trying to give some ideas for what to do with kids um, that's a little bit creative and fun for them to do as well.
1: Andrea Cates is with Fit Women and Girls, joining us live on 680 CJOB. Hey, thanks for the tips on this and for pointing out all of these great uh, local businesses who are offering this super valuable service at this time.
8: You bet. Thanks for having me on, you guys.